discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Now the word proud is the word hupaphanos. H-U-P-E-R-P-H-A-N-O-S. Hupa. H-U-P-E-R-P-H-A-N-O-S. Now the word hupa is where we get the word hyper or superior or above. Hyper, superior, above. Phanos means to manifest. So when you put the words together, Hupaphanos is someone who sees himself higher than everyone in the crowd. Higher than everyone in the crowd. Hmm. Pride is dangerous. In fact, of all the sins, the Bible says that with pride, you know what God does? God resisted the proud. And give a grace to the humble. If you are proud, God Himself is the one who is resisting you. Can you imagine? You want to shine. You try by yourself, but God now resists you. God placed an injunction on you. It's God who is resisting you. It's God who resists the proud. Can you imagine? <laughs> and when God resists you, who can promote you? <laughs> now, I read a book by Rick Joyner called, what's the title of the book? The Path. And in the book, you know, he, Rick Joyner, has a lot of encounters. He wrote the final quest. Rich, rich encounters. And in the final quest, he had a heavenly experience. Some of you have read the book. But I don't know whether you've read The Path. And he had, in his encounters, heavenly encounters, he met Elijah and Enoch. And when he met Elijah, Elijah said something. I've never forgotten when I read that book, that book. He said, Elijah said, the pride in our generation has gotten to its highest height, peak. He said, pride is at its highest height. It cannot go further again. <laughs> yeah. It, the pride in our time is, is, is at which its high, highest level since creation. It, can, it cannot progress further again. Then he said, those who will overcome the pride of this age will become the most humble of all times. Because if you, if you had the greatest pride manifesting, then if you overcome it, then the chances are that you are going to manifest the greatest humility of all times. Praise God. So men, are pr- pride is everywhere. But the worst is spiritual pride. You know spiritual pride? We call something the Elijah complex. 
You know the Elijah complex? You know, Elijah wasn't a perfect man. Elijah had superiority complex. Let me show you in the Bible. Do you remember, because of time, let me just, you remember when Elijah <laughs> said there shall not be rain for three, there shall be no rain, and there was no rain for three and a half years. And you remember that the servants of Ahab called Obediah met him. And when he met him, he said, oh, haven't you heard what I have done? I've hidden the lost prophet in the in caves, 50 by 50, and I've fed them with bread and water. So he informed Elijah that, oh, so there are some prophets hidden. There are hundred. He's, he had hidden hundred prophets and fed them 50 by 50 in caves. So he told him to go and tell Elijah all the information he gave him. And you know the story. At last, all the prophets of Baal gathered themselves with Elijah and for a competition. They had to call for fire from heaven. And from dawn to dusk, you know, that the prophet of Baal, even, of Baal cut themselves, calling upon their God, and nothing happened. Now, when it was time, about the time of the evening sacrifice, which is 3 p.m., Elijah now took over to pray to God. And look at what he said. You know what he said? He said, I, even I, am the only prophet that has left. Can you imagine? Even his prayer was faulty. But God honored himself for his namesake. Now, don't, don't think like, like, like Moses. He didn't, he smote the rock. He shall have spoken to the rock. Yet when he did, rebelled and smote the rock, the water came for his God's people. Yet he had rebelled. God did that for his own sake. <laughs> so he said, I, even I, am the only one who is left. And the fire came down. Now he prayed that prayer twice. After everything, when he ran away from Jezebel and found himself in Horeb. And God said, Elijah, what doest thou here? He said, oh, I'm the only one who is left. And God rebuked him and said, I have hidden 7,000 7, who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. What are you talking about? How can you say you are the only one? So you know the Elijah complex? The guy was so gifted in the prophetic that he underestimated those who are prophets, who were prophets, whose prophetic giftings never matched his own. So to him, they were not prophets because his gifts were higher gifts. Now, do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> That's a larger complex where maybe you were a teacher of the word. You can teach so well that they say, oh, this is a teacher, so how can he be a teacher? Does he know Greek and Hebrew? Or you see, you are a prophet and you are a forensic prophet. <laughs> You mentioned names, times, and places. <laughs> and he said, oh, this guy's a prophet. But the guy, when, when he prophesies, he only prophesies to exhortation, edification, and comfort. <laughs> and he go like, ah, how can he be a prophet? So sometimes, you see, because of the gifts, we can overestimate ourselves in our own eyes. That we think that God cannot do anything in our generation without us. That's a worst form of pride. We call it the Elijah complex. Thinking you are the only one who is left. Thinking you are the only one who is remaining. Thinking you are the only one because of your gift. That, that is the Elijah complex. It's pride. Whatever we have, you know gifts, charisma, from the word charis, is God's free gifts. It's given freely. It's given freely. It's for his own glory. Whatever we do is him, it's not us, not unto us, 
not unto us, but unto thy men give we glory for thy truth and thy mercy. Hmm. If God uses you to establish 20,000 churches, it's not us. Praise God. And you see a church in a classroom, you say, oh, so we have some, oh, are they, are they church? Are they church at all? Ah, these people, pa. They call this church. For three years, they've been here. Ah, I don't think God has called them. And that, that, is, that is an insult to Jesus. Yeah. That's an insult to Jesus. Yeah. You should focus and you should never overestimate yourself, whether in spiritual things or in natural things. Hallelujah. So it's happening in the world, but we, we are exempted. All right. For, because of time, I can't do everything. So let me talk about disobedience to parents. Disobedience to parents. Now the word disobedience is the word apetu. The word disobedience means unpersuaded. Disobedient to parents. Children are not going to be persuaded in the last days. What it means is that parents are going to lose their control and their authority over children. Parents are no longer, will no longer be able to control their children in the last days. And they will not be able to persuade their children any longer. And you know where I believe this will come from? This is going to come from public education schooling because children are going to be indoctrinated by a liberal propaganda that they are in charge of their own lives and it's happening they are indoctrinated by a liberal propaganda that they are in charge of their own lives that their parents do not have any control over them and today if you go to america parents are afraid to discipline their children because they know that if they do so, their children will press charges against them and the court will rule against them and they will be imprisoned. That is what the devil has done. So when they go to America, children are just left to themselves. But are children to be left to themselves? No. So, you know, people talk about grace-based parenting. That's powerful. But sometimes we stretch it too far. Children have to be disciplined. Let me show you scriptures. Let, 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 let's see so that you know that it's in Proverbs 13, 24. So you, you don't have to discipline your children. <laughs> Proverbs 13, 24. He that spirit his rod hateth his son. If you don't discipline your child, you hate him. The Bible says you hate him. That's what the Bible says. But he that loveth him, chasteneth him the times. That means that often. Now in the Bible, there's a difference between chastening and punishment. Now chastening is parental. Punishment is judicial. You don't punish your child to die. You chasten him to correct him. Proverbs 29, verse 15. The rod and reproof, look at, I love this. The rod and reproof give wisdom. Do you want your children to have wisdom? 
the rod and reproof give wisdom. But a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. It's amazing. So you see, you know what the devil does? Look, when God told Moses to go tell Pharaoh, let my people go, after a number of attempts, you know what he said? Okay, you mothers and fathers, go and serve the Lord, but leave your children here. That's what the devil does. So, look at it. The parents should go to Canaan and their children should be left in Egypt. The devil wants you, parents, to be in church by your children in the world. Because if you can manage your children to be in the world and be, you be in church, he still can get you. He can get you frustrated, can get you worried, he'll bring all the problems to you and take your attention. Hallelujah. So I suggest, listen, your children, either make sure children are like malleable pieces of clay. You know clay when they are malleable. You can mold them to any shape. But if you don't mold it well and it gets hard and brittle, you cannot mold it again. So children are like malleable pieces of clay. The earlier you mold them, the better. You cannot be a believer and put your child, children to public schools and allow the world to form their mind. A friend of mine called me from UK and said, every day after my children come from school, I sit down to educate them again. Because what they are taught, they cannot live with it. Every day. Can you imagine? And one of them said that she was in a car with a child, driving on the highway, and the child said, Mama, 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 stop. And the car stopped, and she got out of the, of the car and started walking. Then the, the mom called him and said, Ah, what are you doing? He said to them, My teacher said, Whatever comes into my mind, I should do it. One boy was trying to do the same thing, his mother took him. His mother shipped him, he's a Nigerian, shipped him and said, in this room, you are a Nigerian. Outside this room, you are in America. <laughs> so I suggest, listen, I suggest a good Christian school or homeschooling. You have to be aware where you take your children. Do you know that, listen, the public education, the education of children was a commission of the church. Yeah, God gave it to John Amos Comenius, church, church history. He was a, he is the father of modern education. And he began schooling children. In all subjects, but fundamentally putting Christ in them. He began it. He's the father of modern education. But later on, we, we lost that ground and the world took over. So God is still calling people to start schools strictly on a pure foundation. Many people can be entrusted with that. So we can bring our children there. And we need that. There are people who have been called to do that. And some of you will be called, will be called to do that. Yeah. Because we cannot give our children to the world. Look at all the nonsense that is in the world. We can't do that. Because this is going to manifest strongly. Children cannot be persuaded again. Hallelujah. Alright, the next one.
All right, let's go to verse 3 because of time. Without natural affection. Now, when you read without natural affection, you're wondering, what does it mean? What does it mean? What without natural affection, what does it mean? The word is astogos. Astogos. A-S-T-O-R-J-O-S. Astogos. It's simple. Stogos is the word for family. Family. Stogos is the word for commitment to your family. But astogos is a negation. The word, the word astogos is a negation. But that natural affection means that in the last days, something is going to happen. People will no longer have commitments to their families. There will be no family commitment again. The, fa- the ties that held and bound families together will be disintegrated. The kind of oneness and happiness and togetherness and family life we've had will no longer be there. Now the devil now come to attack the family system. It's going to happen. Remember that there's the, there's a family system, the government system, the church system. Of all the systems, the foundation, what God gave the institutions God set first was a family institution before the government institution and the church institution. The family institution is a foundation for the government and for the church. The devil now attacks the foundation of human institutions, which is the family institutions. Once the family institution is deteriorated, he has gotten humanity. And now he's going to attack families so much that the union and the bond and the ties that help families will no longer be there. You know how it's going to happen? Number one, busy schedules. We are so busy that couples now don't have time for themselves again. It's going to happen, and it is happening. So busy that we are busy attending to other, other matters and other issues. We are busy attending to multiple jobs. We have to get money. Listen, the greatest blessing is family blessing. Family blessing. We have busy schedules and social media. I've handled my problems from people, and a lot of them, when they come back from home, instead of having time together, they switch to social media. So they are on the bed and everyone is browsing. So there's no time. You see, when communication is affected, the marriage is affected. 85% 85% of the life of the marriage hangs on communication. Communication is like the flow of blood in the, in the human body. When blood fl- stops to flow, the human body dies. When there's no communication in, the, in marriage, communication is the lifeline of the marriage. When there's no communication, the marriage dies. In those days, I remember that it is said that today in America, there are the average, the average home has three televisions. Years ago, there was only one television. And everyone would come together in the evening and they would have family time watching television, time together on the dining table, eating together. But now every room, all the children have their television. So hardly do they come together. So in your homes, you don't have to give your children television. I'm telling you. And sometimes when you marry, if it's possible, use one car to begin with. 
It's advisable. Advisable. Whilst you are driving together, you are talking, 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 talking. Little things bring separation. And you can be so busy. <laughs> Some people are so busy that the, your children don't even know them. So it's going to happen in the last days. Without natural affection. No commitment to family life. And I pray that in this ministry we have strong families. Strong families. You see, in Isaiah 60, I, I, we read Isaiah 60, it prophesies about the last days before the millennium because it says gross darkness shall cover the earth. In the millennium, there will, no, there will be no darkness on the earth. You understand? So there is darkness that ushers the chapter that ushers us to the millennium. And when there is depression on earth, then there is wealth. God, there's a promise of wealth. But before the wealth, God restores families. It says, your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be nursed at thy side. So there's a family union. Before there is a blessing of wealth for the family to save the kingdom. So please keep your family alive and never be distracted. Hallelujah. So it's going to happen in the world, but we, the church, we are separate people and we are different. Now, the next one truth breakers. Now, this one is it's connected to the previous one. Now, truth breakers are those. Who break covenant? They are those who break covenant because of irreconcilable differences. Thank you, Jesus. You know what Paul was saying? Paul in this verse was prophesying a rampant outbreak of divorces in the last days. Now he spoke about there will be no family union. Then the next one, he spoke about covenant breakers. So, that, it, it, without natural affection means the family ties will disintegrate. Then the next one, truth breakers. Covenant breakers. And I believe he was prophesying a rampant outbreak of divorces in the last day. Because, you see, if the family unit is not strong, the next thing is divorce. For information, divorce is one of the greatest or, or growing industries in the world. Divorce today. There are 1.1 million divorce, divorces in America alone every year. 1.1 million. And with some nations, the rate is higher. It's, it's a growing industry. You know why? One of the shortest ways to get money is to divorce now in America. Yeah? Because the, 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 your resources will be parted into two. <laughs> and you get your share. <laughs> and aside from that, more than $40 billion is spent every year for child support and alimony. Because when the families, the, the husband goes this way, the wife goes this way, what about the children? The money for child support is serious. And there are about 60,000 professional workers in America who have been assigned for this kind of work. So the whole thing has become a great business. Tough business. 
And for, for information, 36% of Christians are divorced. The percentage rates of divorce among Christians is 36%. And it's almost equal to the world. So what it means is that the world has influenced us. Hallelujah. The world has influenced us. The spirit of the age. That is why you need to prepare before you marry. Yeah. Now, I like uh, Miles Moreau, his church in Bahamas. The whole Bahamas, the lowest divorce rate in the whole Bahamas is recorded in his church. There's no divorce in his church. You know why? Miles Moreau's church. Because you, you undergo nine months counseling. It's actually a school. The instant you start going out, you, enter, you start counseling. And it's powerful. It's for nine months. When you start going out, Start comes so you are taught, you are educated, you know all the facts. By the time you are married, huh? Everything started working powerfully. <laughs> people don't like that in the world. People meet at a corner somewhere in three five days, they are going out in a few weeks, they are marrying, and that is why marriages are breaking and they continue to break. Listen, the quality of, of your marriage life. Is dependent on the quality of your single life. Listen, how well you are prepared as a single is going to determine how well your marriage is going to be. Many people do not qualify as singles. They are not whole and complete as singles before they marry. That's when anyone who is eager, eager to marry, eager to marry, is actually not prepared for marriage. But there's no time to talk about that today. You see, the ingredient determines the product. The ingredient determines the product. If I'm doing cake or making cake, I use the flour. All the ingredients I'm using is going to determine the product. Is that not so? How sweet the cake will be is determined by the ingredient. How good your marriage will be is determined by the quality of your single life, what you're putting in your single life. Some people want to marry because they are, they are lonely, so they need a partner. Marriage is not a cure for loneliness. Marriage exposes loneliness or magnifies loneliness. Some of the loneliest people on earth are married people. You need, the more you know, the less mistakes you make in marriage. It's not just, oh, I love him, I love her. No, that's not enough. Everyone who is divorced today was once in love. <laughs> so we need a proper education schooling to be taught and trained on that day when you're married pastor to get you a certificate you get a certificate after a four-year degree you get your certificate after apprenticeship certificate means that you are qualified on the marriage day on the wedding day to get a certificate means that you have passed you have passed before you begin <laughs> so marriage is the only institution that gives you a certificate before you begin the course. <laughs> now you, you have to read. You have to read on. You have to read well and educate yourself before you marry. Very important. 
Very important. And even the choice matters who you marry. It must begin from the choice. Quality friendship is very important. The choice is very important. Even the relationship is very important. It is 60% of problems in marriage happens when people sleep together whilst they are going out. 60% of marital problems. That's why if it has happened, you have to see pastor. I'm telling you. Because you don't know. You don't know the problem is going to cause. You really know. He does an ear. Let him hear. <laughs> yeah. It brings untold suspicion. I had a counselor with a couple. They are in ministry. And this was it. The pastor was in the hospital. It was a near-death experience. And they needed a medicine in the house. So they called the wife to bring the medicine. The wife said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. So her in-laws were calling her. Bring the medicine. I'm, 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 I'm angry. He should die. So when I found out, I said, what is the problem? So I, apparently, the pastor's old friend, a lady friend, sent her, him a message. How are you doing? Have you eaten this evening? I've really missed you. Hope everything is fine. Yeah, that was the message. Now, so how can this message cause such an alarm? Because they said, so when I heard the news, I, the first thing I asked them is, did you sleep together before you married? That's what I asked. I knew it. I knew where it was coming from. But <laughs> ordinarily, if nothing had happened, you wouldn't be moved like that. It, 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 it may call for concern, but it wouldn't affect you deeply. But because you slept together and the bridge of trust already broken, <laughs> the married life becomes life of suspicion. This is just one of them. That is why if something like that has happened, you need to be healed, you need to forgive yourself. You have to come to pastor. Very important if you want your marriage to work. Hallelujah. We need solid, because marriage demonstrates the union of Christ and the church. It has to be an example. It is possible for your marriage. Ah, in Deuteronomy, he prophesied concerning our homes and houses that it will, will multiply our days as the days of heaven on earth. He's talking about family life. So your family and your household, you can, you can have heaven on earth actually in your home. This is the promise. And that's what we must experience if we are wet thoughts. Hallelujah. Okay. I think we're almost done. We are, let me just leave the rest. Now, look at this word. Fierce. Wow. Now, you know what the word fierce means? Fierce? <laughs> it's actually a legal term. Yes, it speaks of the court of law. Those who pass laws, not to defend those who are good, but to defend offenders and those who are guilty. It's going to happen in the last days. The courts of judicature. They are going to pass laws not to defend the good, but to defend offenders and those who are guilty. It's happening today. Abortion. And all of these things 
It's going to happen, and it's happening. Look at the next one, the, the, the next verse. Traitors, heady. Now, the word heady, <laughs> you know what it means? It's a word for terrorist. Terrorism. So, there will be a lot of terrorist, ter- terrorism in the last days. Boko Haram, ISIS. So, more are coming. So, the Greek, that's what the Greek says. More are coming. High-minded is also a form of pride. Is the word in the Greek is the word typhoon. That's where we get the word typhoon. The word the Bible says pride goes before destruction. So typhoon goes before destruction. Intellectual pride and order. Hallelujah. So brethren, all of these are going to happen in our day. And they are happening in our day. The spirit of the age. The Bible says these, these people, they are sensual, not having the spirit. But for you, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Brethren, when the Israelites came out of Egypt, they carried their own atmosphere. They carried their own ambience. Listen, they were not smitten by the sun. They had a pillar of cloud, so they had their own air-conditioned atmosphere. <laughs> in the evening, they were not cold. There was a pillar of fire that gave them the warmth. Their feet did not swell. You see, their clothes never grew old. In the wilderness, they were kept by the power of God. If it was in the shadow and the type, how much more the substance and the reality. Remember, we are a people under a better covenant established upon better promises. If God did that in the wilderness with a church that was in the wilderness, how about the Mount Zion of God? How about we who are a chosen generation? How about we? who are the church of the firstborn, who are registered in heaven. Brethren, we are in the world, yet not of the world. In the Bible, there are two symbolisms for the world. Egypt represents the world. The wilderness represents the world. We are not in Egypt. The world represented as Egypt. But we are in the world, represented in the wilderness. Hallelujah. We have left Egypt. We live by the resources from heaven. Praise God. May we breathe the very breath that comes from heaven. May we eat the manna that comes from heaven. May our minds be transformed. Hallelujah. We have overcome the world, the cause of this world, and the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Praise God. May you be on fire. And may the fire of God saturate your entire being and walk in this life full of the anointing, full of the power, full of the grace. We prevail everywhere. We rule everywhere. We reign over death. We reign over the law of sin and the law of death. We move by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. We prevail. This is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. And who is he that overcometh the world? But he that is born of God. Brethren, we are born of God. The life of God is in us. We know we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. We are a peculiar people. We are a strange people. For the people shall dwell alone. They shall not be reckoned among the nations. We are not part of the nations. We are a separate people. We are the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Christ. Come on, lift up your voice and begin to pray and stir up your spirit. In Jesus name, I beseech you therefore brethren by the message of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God and be 
not conform to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds and have put off concerning the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful flesh, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Rakadi shabaka tabata kata jiba katebe kabatati zuri akta batata juika bakete kete because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall grow cold but we are fervent in the spirit serving the Lord fervent in the spirit serving the Lord fervent in the spirit serving the Lord we are fervent in the spirit serving the Lord fervent in the spirit serving the Lord heaven in the spirit serving the Lord and neglect not the gift that is in thee neglect not the gift that is in thee which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery wherefore I put you in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God that is in thee fall into flames catch the fire catch the fire thank you Jesus catch the fire Catch the fire. Rabraba, Shibata, Shibata, Shibata. Shibata. Yapa, Rabba, Saba, Rabba, 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 To him that overcometh. Now God is making you an overcomer. He said to him that overcometh. I shall give to eat of the tree of life. Which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Overcometh. We overcome the world. We overcome the age. We overcome the spirit of the age. To him that overcometh. I shall give to eat of the tree of life. Which is in the midst of the paradise of God. He that overcometh, I shall give him to eat of the hidden manna. And he that overcometh, I shall give him a white stone with a name written, which no man knoweth, but he that receiveth it. To him that overcometh, we overcome the age. Come on, prophesy. Your marriage is going to be different, your family life is going to be different. Your children are going to be different. Your life are going to be different. You are going to be a generous giver. A generous giver. A generous giver. You will love one another. We will love the brethren. Thank you, Jesus. Distributing to the necessity of the saints. We distribute to the necessity of the saints. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastoti podcast. Simply search for Pastoti on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's word. 
Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.